often in discussion we have with clients, we can hear that, oh, we have AI or there is AI used by with this tool in the company. Again, that's very broad and to be efficient, you need to be pre precise to have a use case. So you need really to ask yourself or ask the team or ask the tool if you are considering to try another tool, a new tool, what use case this AI is solving. Welcome to the State of CRM podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Ben. Uh, and hello. Today we are going to talk about AI specifically. And we've had some podcasts on it in the past, but we get a lot of questions around what is AI? What's the difference between AI or machine learning and deep learning, which are both subsets of AI? And what are the different applications of those as it relates to CRM in general? And we know that AI has kind of become a bit of, of a buzzword. It does mean something specific, but specifically within marketing, advertising, um, even other fields as well, it gets thrown a lot around as a marketing term. And in, in, a, in a way is kind of in a, lost its value or its meaning. So we wanted to take some time and have a little bit of a discussion today around what AI means, what some of the subsets of AI actually can and can't do, and what the real world applications are for AI, machine learning, deep learning are within CRM. Yeah, Matt. Um, I mean, that's a wide topic. Um, and maybe to, to start jumping in, in the discussion, we can also start with the, the topic, the CRM, the targeted campaign, the campaign we are talking uh, often and often. And when we say targeted campaign, uh, the goal is to provide the best message for, for individuals, for your, your contacts, your consumers. Uh, but there are different ways of doing that. Uh, you can do segmentation. Uh, you can trigger, uh, I mean, send campaign, trigger-based campaign based on their, their behavior or any touchpoint or behavior on the website or in-store. Um, you can design a journey uh, for them to lead to the purchase. Um, and we have, uh, yeah, the capability of sending a message, pushing a communication uh, that will be relevant to a group of people and you need to identify the best way to, to do that. And all of that are different type of personalized message. Um, and some of them are easy to build or to build automation for it. And some other needs more, more work. And, and that's where uh, we get into the topic of segmentation and identification of audiences and how you can do that as CRM marketers um, and where the, the, the AI play or come in, come in play uh, for, for better performances. Yeah, 100%. I mean, ultimately the goal of, of all of those things that you just described, Ben, is, to, is like you mentioned, is to create relevant experiences. And with some of those, specifically within segmentation, it requires a, a, a decent amount of human intuition. And, um, you know, we as marketers have to use intuition a lot, but one area that that it is difficult to scale and to be, um, I guess, accurate with when it comes to using intuition is 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 when it relates to targeting and creating relevant experiences. And this is this is really the area that AI can help out with. Um, it can help scale and it can also help with accuracy. And I think, 
You know, a really good example of that is, let's say that you're selling sundresses, um, potentially for an, an upcoming summer season. Uh, intuitively, you might target, you know, women 18 to 49. Uh, if it's in the wintertime, you might be targeting women in warm weather climates. If it's in the summertime, you might be broadening that category a little bit. You might even layer on triggers by identifying um, folks who have purchased similar products in the past and then are targeting based off of that as well. Um, and and what that does is it it it's it's definitely better than batch and blast, which we you know speak uh, against a lot. In term, batch and blast has its place, but when it comes to creating relevant experiences, is a little bit obviously less effective. So it's definitely not incorrect to be doing that, but there do, there are some drawbacks. For example, um, there are women who don't wear sundresses and never will and never have, and, and you know you're basically targeting people within that bucket that represent uh, segments of people that are not ever going to buy that specific product. When you receive a communication for something you don't want to buy, um, even if it's a small touch point, basically that trains a customer to pay less attention to your communications in the future, be more likely to unsubscribe, can hurt customer lifetime value and some of those metrics that we, we've talked about quite a bit. The other thing that it does is it leaves untapped demand on the table. For example, for various reasons, there might be men that are looking to buy a sundress, um, or there might be you know groups of individuals outside of those that you're targeting. If you are targeting warm weather climates in the winter, that might be going on a vacation that are looking for a sundress, or are in a buying cycle for the summer in the winter. And if you're not capturing demand in real time, you're missing out on those those untapped opportunities. And just think of those as, as, as untapped demand within your CRM that you're simply just leaving on the table. And when you rely on, on intuition, those are two areas that you're going to either potentially create negative value or be leaving, again, like value on the table. So it's important to think about sort of the limits of human intuition as it relates to, to segmentation. Yeah, and so what you explained, Matt, is, I mean, can we say that's, if you apply that, you are just siloing. I mean, you are building silo of your consumer, and and because you are just picking picking some information to send the next communication, they might stay in this box in this category forever because you won't ever build cross sell based on that. Uh, that's rules. That's I mean, that's something that is really. Uh, Important, I think, to mention that's yeah. You you will segment your database, but nobody will cross over another segment uh, in the future if you just stick to that. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, and so the the thing that is interesting to 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 talk about about deep learning is that's how it works. And you mentioned that there is AI, machine learning, deep learning. What are all of these things? So AI exists for a long for a long time now. Um, and maybe the first type or kind of AI that exists for uh, decades and decades is just rule-based uh, algorithm. So based on past behavior, based on decision tree, there will be an input and an output that's just going through uh, a decision tree, which can be defined, I mean, it can define AI. Um, for the best, uh, recently, 
there was a lot of progress and 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 nowadays that uh we have better techniques <laughs> to to do a intelligent algorithm and and machine learning is super powerful but machine learning most likely require uh data organized data uh and um there will be some decision made by human setting up the the, the model and uh, and taking some assumptions uh, uh, on that um and so that's subcategory i mean a subgroup of of ai and into the machine learning uh subset of, of practice there is also the deep learning and the deep learning will really if i i mean if i want to simplify that with my words is a technique that's be very close to how the brain or brain is working where information are not organized in your head not everything is uh, organized every data point what you see what you saw uh, in the past what you are talking to who is calling you i mean that can everything every context where you are living i mean everything is that around you and living nothing is organized and the deep learning will be able to learn to behave or understand like the brain like that's a neural network and learning from all the data points and detect patterns and detect what are the criteria the data points that can predict intent and something that is really important is the time frame that will be predicting intent now or in the past but uh, at different time in the past and that's the most important for for business uh, is may, m- being able to predict intents right now so someone who had intention in the past and bought a dress six months ago won't receive the necessarily the campaign about the dress you mentioned right now because maybe they have no intention right now to buy the dress and they will have back the intention in the future and maybe some people who bought the same dress six months ago will have an, another intention right now so the timing that the, i mean really the period where the intention is detected is really important to drive your strategy or your campaigns yeah yeah i think a, a couple really interesting points there like one sort of around capturing demand currently i think like thinking back on on segmentation specifically you know, we see a lot of um, customers and it's 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 largely because of the the offers that are in the space around like companies that provide segmentation, even if it is propensity based segmentation. Uh, marketers are using those segments for sometimes in, in certain cases years. Yeah. And, and to your point, like demand changes literally every single day. Um, and I think like that that's like a big, big pitfall in terms of 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 using sort of out of the box segments, even if those segments are built with with machine learning in place, um, if they're not refreshed using your latest first party data, you're getting new data every single day, new transactions, new customer attributes, web data, like all of these different things every day that tell you so much about your customer, but you as a, as a person are not going to be able to 
one, keep up with the, re- the demand because you'd be able to, you'd need to process so much data every single day. Or even if you've built an algorithm to do so, it's, it's difficult to scale unless you have the right deep learning mechanism in place. Um, so I think that's really, really interesting. And then, you know, I think like kind of to your point around um, how the brain learns, I think one, one example that somebody gave in a presentation was looking specifically at um, if you wanted to identify as a human, a blue Volkswagen versus, uh, you know, like a, a blue Hyundai or, or a blue Subaru or, or whatnot. Like, um, you know, machine learning in, in an unsophisticated way might be able to tell you that all of those things are blue cars. But there's certain things that, uh, that we pick up on as people, the logo, the shape of the car, the tires, all of that different stuff that we then interpret from an informational standpoint as saying, okay, well, I know that this is a you know a, a blue Volvo or a blue Volkswagen or whatever because I, I have the information in my brain can process that in to your point Ben in an unstructured way and that's the type of thing that deep learning can do it can make those inferences that aren't necessarily rule based and it can tell you more than hey well all of these attributes just mean that this car is blue it has tires the blue is paint so it must be a car that is blue. Um, and so deep learning can go further than that and tell you specifically what it is in that case that you're looking at. And that's kind of a way to think about it. And it's a similar application to CRM as well. Yeah. Um, and as you said, that's the deep learning will identify what are the data points that are relevant or not uh, in, the, in the being able to predict uh, propensity uh, to calculate pro- propensity score. Um, and something that is really important is that a propensity score to a certain goal. So you need to be able to define what's the goal that you can predict propensity to interact with your brand, to click in an email, to make a purchase, download a document, uh, contact the, the, the customer service, uh, whatever the goal you want to predict. That's something, that's what you will set up saying that okay as a human we'll set up and, and define what's the goal we want them the the, the, the the AI the the deep learning to learn f- from the data to optimize toward this goal but the rest will be made by the machine uh, in a very very w- wide vast amount of data because something that's as human we can't process. Uh, we can't select hundreds of data points or thousands of data points, looking at them all together across all the user and say, "Okay, this is the pattern that will work." We need, I mean, need to compute all of that and, and make the, the the learning working. Um, something else I want to to highlight is the fact that older methodologies can be efficient at a given time. If there is an action right now, I'm doing something that will trigger a decision tree and we can get an output. But such a few parts of your consumer or individuals are coming back to your store, to your websites, interact with your your brand every single day. Your consumer are not interacting with your brand every single day. So they are not leaving a data point, a fresh data point, every single day to be interpreted by the, the machine. And so the power of the, the deep learning is 
being able to look at all the data in the time frame, so with the historical data, but based on their time. And it's again, that's not because I bought a product six months ago and someone else bought the same product one week ago, that's, that will have the same weight or the same impact in the learning. And that is key to be able to predict or to score a propensity to purchase something right now or to click on a message right now, uh, depending on the goal. Um, I'm, I'm saying purchase because mm, in most of the cases, the, the revenue is the goal, uh, but um, that can be anything else. Yeah, 100%. And I think like, um, you know, when you're thinking about, you know, like understanding the, I guess the like the impact and is, is this a good AI or bad AI? There's a couple like broad things you can think about. And you kind of started to hit on some of those, Ben. One is, is this efficient? Meaning within a given time frame, not months and months and months or a year, a reasonable time frame that you as marketers, which is short, need to work within. So like literally again, demand in real time nearly every day, is it able to generate good results? And those results being things that you you want, like again, clicks, purchases, website visits, engagement, whatever it is that you're looking to optimize towards. And it should, to your point, Ben, be able to to optimize towards any of those within an efficient time man- manner. So like that's something to consider. And the other is just like um, practicality. Is this something that you can apply to your real world business? Um, is it something that's sort of, you know, pie in the sky or can you turn it on tomorrow and start generating real results, real metrics that matter to you. And that could be, again, some of those KPIs that we talked about, but it could also be indirect metrics that that are things like better customer satisfaction, lower unsubscribes, things like that, that are the result of creating that relevancy. So it's really important to think about, um, you know, there's a lot of really interesting AI out there, I think within marketing and obviously beyond as well. Um, but it's important to ask questions around like how how scalable and applicable is this to my business today? And is it is it something that's efficient enough for me to start generating results and using in the short term? Yeah. And I mean, with all that description, um, I hope that we helped a little bit to clarify uh, different things about AI. But if I, uh, I would summarize also all of that, there is... If you define a goal, if you, we we discussed and mentioned some different techniques uh, within the AI space. Um, that's just remind me the fact that often in discussion we have with clients, we can hear that oh we have AI or there is AI used by with this tool in the company. Again, that's very broad, and to be efficient, you need to be precise. Pre- precise to have a use case so you need to really to ask yourself or ask the team or ask the tool if you are considering to try another tool a new tool what use case this ai is solving and yeah. so uh, in the situation the case of the serum there are things that we want to uh, to uh, to optimize to be able to predict and so uh, you you would like to maybe use an AI system that will help to manage fatigue, to calculate propensity to react to messages based on the number of messages during a given week. Uh, and that's across channels. Um, so 
how do we manage the fatigue across channel with a calculation of propensity for each of the channel. Uh, that's 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 a goal and the capacity, a use case that can't be made by an AI who is able to do a broad learning and with no specific goal. Uh, that's that's something that is really important to understand. Um, I mean, what's yeah? I'm looking at my notes. That's uh, other use cases that are really interesting in CRM that can be uh, identify identifying uh, untapped demand, as you, uh, you mentioned, Matt, that uh, in your example, how do I find people with propensity for a product that's never bought in this category or the same product in the past? And that's that's a specific goal that you can set up the AI for. And that's, again, something that you need to keep in mind in your list of use cases when you evaluate tools or gets the reply, oh, we already have user UI, um, you, you, sorry, we already have AI internally, and you, you, you should, uh, you should uh, use the tool we have. Okay, but all that solve my use case, the use case I need to achieve tomorrow, next week, in, a, in my strategy. Yeah, 100%, and I think, like, kind of to add to, to that list of, of real-world use cases, um, I think one thing... It's a big challenge for, for marketers when they're launching a new product, for example, um, is there's no data on that product. They don't know who has purchased it in the past. They have no, no transactional data to be able to sort of look back at and say, okay, well, these are the types of people that, have, that are purchasing. And they don't have triggers yet. So even, even if you are using trigger-based segmentation, which obviously we, we don't recommend using all the time, um, it, there's there's no ability to do that. So the only re, the like the only alternative that marketers have is one to use intuition completely. So that would be literally if I going back to the sundress example, if I'm launching a brand new line of sundresses, the only thing I would be able to do at that point would be able to say, you know, I'm going to make some assumptions about who's buying this and I'm going to target them. But that is also something AI can help with through something called transfer learning, where basically the AI is able to identify different attributes from potentially other products that might predict or will predict intent for a brand new product based on what the AI can learn about products with similar attributes and not just one, but learning from several different products, identifying the attributes that are most likely to predict intent for this new product. And therefore you can go out, um, you know, go out with your, with your targeting and your marketing um, with a, a really big advantage in terms of being able to already be sending optimized campaigns, even though you have no data on it. And that's something as well that I think is is really, really interesting from an AI perspective. And, and there's really no other way for you to be able to do that. No, and this way you are providing a real customer-centric experience for individuals, uh, meaning that when you launch your product, you will reach out to people with propensity to purchase the product and you won't reach out to people who has no interest yeah. instead of blasting or having a portion of your, your manual segment contacting people with no interest for the product which will degrade, impact uh, the yeah the affinity, uh, the, the relationship with the, the brand. A hundred percent. I think that's uh, yeah. That was uh, the idea of bringing a, a summary or 
in some some uh, inputs insights on uh, what are the different uh, aspects of the ai and and especially focus on, on the deep learning um i hope you enjoyed that if you have questions as always don't hesitate to uh, to let us know in the comments uh contacting us uh, in private messages uh, on linkedin no problem um we'll Touch base on another topic next week. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, this is definitely a, a topic that's one of my favorites. So it's, <laughs> it's it's fun having a conversation about it today. Um, and looking forward to to talking about it more. And if there's uh, kind of to Ben's point, if there's anything specific that you want to hear more about as it relates to AI and its application to CRM or even beyond, by all means, let us know, and we can we can definitely bake in some content in the future that addresses that. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did today. Have a good week. Have a great week.